Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. How's it going, Greg? It's going good, Russ. How are you doing? Good. I've got a lot of energy today. Well, you know what? I have a lot of energy as well. And <laughs> could, I would could be the book we read. I think it is the book that we read. We're going to get into that. But before we do, I'd be remiss because since the last time we did a show, somebody had a birthday. Oh, geez. I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Happy and birthday, you know, Russ. Thank you. Thank you. Well, actually, you know, there's a problem with that. And I'm glad you bring it up uh, because I just turned 47. And there's something that we'll talk about later in the show Yes, where the age of 47 will make sense. Are you 47.2? Not yet. Not yet. So we're Not good. yet. You're good. Not yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, definitely get into that in the show. But thank you, Greg, uh, for uh, making me reveal my age and embarrassing me. On the, on well, the I, uh, would, I would sing happy birthday to you, but I want people to continue listening so yeah, we won't go yeah. there. <laughs> well, I think we'd have to pay copyright on that or something. Uh, wow. I don't know if that that's expired or not yet. So we, yeah. we, we don't want to have to deal with that. Uh, but we do. We have a guest today on the show. And uh, Polly Campbell, she was with us a couple of episodes ago. We're like, you know, Polly, we got to bring you back. And guess what? She delivered on that. She came back. And we today are going to talk about her book, You Recharged. Polly, thank you for joining us again. Oh, I'm happy to be back. Love talking. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad you're here, and I love this topic because especially right now, like I feel like we all need to recharge a bit, right? I mean, with everything that we've gone through over the last few years, uh, you start out this book with talking about a hip surgery and basically being on the couch and not like being able, just struggling to to gain energy. So I got to ask you the first question here. What got you off the couch? Yeah, you know, uh, first I spent a, a lot of days complaining and feeling sorry for myself and feeling bored and tired. And then I just decided that I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to live that way. We have a limited amount of time and it's up to me to decide what I'm going to do with it. And when I was sitting there getting up really early, counting the hours till I could go back to bed and I'm sitting there thinking, well, I have this great job, right? I created my own business and to do what I want. And I'm married to a good guy and my daughter is healthy. So on paper, everything looked good. But I was bored. I was bored with my work. And I needed to step back and realize that the only thing that wasn't working was mm. me. So I needed to step back and figure out what would plug those energy drains and recharge me and get me going again. And that's where this book came from. And you mentioned that, you know, at work you were bored. And I think sometimes it's it happens in life where you kind of get bored. You mentioned in the book, you know, the midlife crisis that a lot of people go through. And just like, you know, in midlife crisis in your personal life, sometimes a company can go through midlife crisis and you get bored and you kind of get stuck in the same old routine and you lose some of that passion or, you know, that, that spark that we look for that we had when we started the company. And how do you kind of equate what you are writing about from a personal point of view 
to what people experience in business? Well, I absolutely think the two are related because when we're building a business and we're having those growing pains, there's also a lot of energy and excitement. We have a lot to figure out. And so we get going and we're motivated. We know what we need to do each day and we have problems to solve and things to learn. And when we reach that place where things settle a little bit, that feels like a relief. Like, oh, I made it through the first year or I made it through the, you know, this big sales meeting or whatever it is. And we settle. But sometimes in that settling for weeks or months or years, it becomes too routine. We become too comfortable, comfortable, and we lose the things that we started the business to do anyhow. We lose the opportunity for growth and connection with people and, and innovation. Um, and that happens in our life too, right? We, we get in that comfort zone and we find ourselves sitting on the couch, binge watching the next show and thinking, oh, wow, is this all there is? And and absolutely, it happened in, in my business. I, I had... Uh, you know, I'd come off writing three different books and it was a really exciting time and I was all in. I went on these book tours and, and my business was growing. And when that phase changed and I transitioned, I could relax. I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to travel right now. I, I can, you know, catch my breath. And I did that for a little too long. And when the comfort zone started to become too uncomfortable, I knew I needed to reassess. Okay, so uh, you mentioned the midlife kind of crisis or midlife change there, or, or maybe Greg mentioned that, but that brings me to my my 47. Uh, okay, so there's a happiness curve in life, at least some psychologists believe in this uh, happiness curve. I actually did an entire podcast on happiness on my uh, Learning More podcast, but a cheap plug there. But um, the happiness curve sort of, changes at 47, right? Where now we're starting to maybe there's a little bit of a bottoming out, let's say of, of the, of the curve, right? Let's again, apply that to business. Is there any like research or anything that you've seen where there's maybe a happiness curve in business? What we know is that we as humans like the challenge. So when we are learning new and, and developing and creating, especially entrepreneurs, right? That's, that's part of it. That's part of, and so when we become the so-called expert, when we get more familiar with what we're doing on a daily basis, yeah, our happiness bottoms out. We lose some of the passion because passion by definition and according to research is the place that we're interested in that we can never quite master. We can improve, we can get better and better. And so we're intrigued by it. And that ability to grow and improve, but never quite figure it out, keeps us going. In writing, it's absolutely that way with my writing business. Like there are lots of different things to learn about writing, lots of different things I can get better at. I did much of the same stuff for about five or 10 years. And I became really good at that stuff. And that wasn't as interesting to me because it became too familiar. I could do it. I could do it really well. And I still do some of that because I'm paying the bills, right? I've got a company to run. However, it's when I started adding in the things that were a little more unknown to me that the passion for my business was ignited again. And it's led to all kinds of growth, one of which is a podcast and another <laughs> book. I can imagine that when you're writing a book, 
it, it, there's a lot of energy. You're driven. You, you know, that's kind of your purpose, in, in, at least at your work purpose at that time. And then when you finish that book and you kind of have that deep breath, like you were saying earlier, I'm, I always hear that writers sometimes have a difficult time coming up with the next project. You know, and they get to get writer's block or they just lose that something that gets them off the couch, uh, you know, metaphorically to start the next book. Talk a little bit about how you move forward after you finished one book and you move forward to the next because you've had three books now. So you're able to move one to another. How, how do you go about doing that? Well, I think it's the same in any business. You have a, a big annual conference you're preparing for or a big sales meeting or a launch of a new product. And you get to a point where everything's all in and to the point of exhaustion. I love writing books. I, I am made to do it, but it requires a lot of physical energy, mental energy, emotional energy. I'm sitting a lot at the computer, researching and talking to all kinds of people for my interviews. And after that's done, there's a moment of just exhale. And it's very difficult to know how to be back in the world again when I don't have that daily thought of the project, right? When you when you launch the product and you get to go home at six o'clock for dinner for the first time in a week or a month or a year, I felt out of sorts. And it was really unsettling. What I did during that time was, first of all, I, I took a minute to notice what I was feeling instead of say, oh, get over this or instead of griping about just like, oh, yeah, this is uncomfortable. This is un because we can feel all kinds of emotions, but we don't have to behave badly from them. Right. I didn't have to do anything reactive that was going to hurt the book launch or my family or anything like that. I just had to get comfortable with the noticing. And then I went back and I started noticing the small wins. Research shows that when we have incremental progress in our day as business people, when we notice the small things that lead to the bigger things and celebrate those small things, we're more motivated and we feel better about what we're doing. Because you're going to launch this big book or this big product or whatever it is, and the next day it's going to feel like you're not accomplishing anything, right? But the letters I wrote for the marketing or the um, the notes I had to make as far as uh, developing the next plan and the meetings with the publisher, all that stuff matters too. So at the end of the day, I'd sit back and say, oh, but look at, I'm still contributing to this. I have made progress. I'm still a part of this. And it really kept me motivated for the smaller responsibilities after launching that big project. We, we need to notice that the progress we're making, because when we do and we celebrate that at the end of the day, it keeps us going into the next. Yeah, day. no, I totally agree about that. I mean, I, I, I celebrating little victories all the time, whether it's you or for your team or whatever it is, it's makes everybody feel so good. You know, like if you're if you're clapping once a day for something, it's going to make the, the giant applause at the end of the big project so much easier, you know, because you've you've rewarded yeah. each each little step of the way. I reward myself sometimes. I'll like I'll like have a chocolate bar or something sitting on my desk <laughs> and it's like, OK, if I get this done, something that I don't want to do, <laughs> I get that. At the oh, end you get of the that little treat. You get you give yeah. yourself a little treat and it's like those exactly. little recharges, you know, throughout the day. Uh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's really what this is about, right? It's the little moments that we can use to infuse our energy just at that point. Get up and go for a walk or sit down and have that chocolate bar or give yourself a treat. Notice it, that you're a part of this world. You're engaging in this business because it matters to you. And 
heck, I'm not going to finish each workday with a new book, right? That's impossible. But I can take those little steps that two years from now will lead to that next book. I need to celebrate those little steps. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to I got to make a note here. I'm not going to finish every day with a chocolate bar. So I, I just got to get that out there. <laughs> well, I'm thinking I should add that into my plan. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll talk more about my diet and, uh, <laughs> and recharging yourself uh, with Polly. We'll do that right after this. And welcome back to DIY for Business, part of the Electrocast Network. Uh, we're talking today with Holly Campbell about her book, You Recharged. I, I feel like it's a great time for you to come out with this book. You came out with about six months or so ago, and I think we all need a little bit of recharge after all that we've gone through. Um, I think if we take a sample of mood, right of of the country over the last couple of years or the world the mood is not not going to raise the charts very high as far <laughs> as as high happiness or high satisfaction you know perhaps i mean some people hey they they maybe enjoy the isolation or whatever it is but there there's a lot of depression there's a lot of burnout there's a lot of like mood and energy and what i liked about this book is you talk a lot about like mood and energy. Um, what what I was thinking about when I was reading the book because I had the I had the book open, I had a, a few other things open on my computer, right? I had Word open, I had Photoshop open, I had Zoom. Uh, yeah, I was reading your book doing during a Zoom meeting. Um, I had Final Cut open. I had all these different programs. <laughs> was that our meeting earlier today? Yeah, that that was. was. That? Yeah, oh. don't don't check my notes. Uh, <laughs> but my my fan <laughs> on my computer came on. Right, my like uh, energy on my computer. The RAM it was moving slower. Everything was not working as well because I had so much to focus on. Right, so. With so much to focus on and so many different things that business owners have to think about, how do you still maintain a good mood and high energy? Well, sometimes you're not going to maintain a good mood, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to be frustrated or stressed out. I think what's most important is to regulate all of your feelings. And that means to notice what you're experiencing and not stick in that too long. We know that when we can label our emotions, when we can identify what we're feeling, that it diffuses faster. We don't get the weight of it. And we have a very limited emotional vocabulary, right? The thing we know about emotions is it, it something triggers us, a meeting with a coworker, or we feel like we've been rejected on a project or whatever it is, we, we didn't get the sale. And our brain sends these signals to our bodies. Now, the, the signal is the emotion. That happens in the brain center. But it sends these trans through these transmitters to our body the feeling, right? We'll get a clenched stomach or we'll feel angry and hot on our neck or we'll feel nervous, whatever it is. Those feelings will change in about 90 seconds if we can just sit in there with them. So when you get that big emotion, when you're embarrassed or you're stressed or whatever it is, if you can sit with that for 90 seconds, it's going to flip to something else. And sometimes you're going to go from bored to just a little better. Sometimes you're going to go from okay to good. You don't have to go from depressed to blissful. That's not what's going to work. But if we can notice where we're at in the process and pick something a little higher in the next moment, then 
it's going to circulate that energy and get us moving. What we put out to the world will change slightly. And when that happens, what? The world changes around us, right? If you are angry and you're going through the grocery store or you're picking up a lunch on your lunch break and you snap at the checker, you're going to get some hostility in return or you'll be ignored or you'll get some anger back from him or her. If you go out and you can raise the energy just a little by saying thank you, you're going to get something different in return. So we don't have to do it all by ourselves. We have to become aware of what we're experiencing and then deliberately sit with it and pick something just a little better. And then the people around us and the circumstances around us have to change. And I think it is what you put out to the universe kind of comes back to you and, and it's kind of it's, it's that concept. And, and you have a, you stated a concept in your book that I really want to dig more into is, is vitality is holistic. And I found that really smart because the way you stated it and the way you went into it um, really hit home for me. It made a lot of sense. And I was hoping that you could kind of share that concept with the audience. I think often we think in terms of limitation that vitality belongs to people who are athletic or physically fit and strong. And I'm not. I have a chronic illness. I live with rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm aging, like all of us, right? We're all a little bit older today than we were yesterday. Hopefully, that's the gift we get, an opportunity to go. And so when you look at vitality, it's not just our physical health that, that makes us vital. It's the way we think about the world and our growth. It's the way we engage with the world beyond us. And it's our spiritual life. So it's the emotional, uh, mental, physical component that increases our vitality. And it starts within us. The one thing about vitality is it's contagious. And you've all been around business owners who brought such a great energy that they infused their teams with this kind of creative, dynamic culture at the office, and they don't even think about it. It's just who they are. Well, that starts within you, and any of us can have that. In fact, research has looked at a group of older women, very elderly and very ill. All of them were disabled to some degree, and found yet a significant number of them had great vitality. People wanted to be with them, and they had a lot of meaning in their lives. And they thought they were feeling good because of how they thought about their lives. So, yes, vitality belongs to all of us, but it belongs on every level. It's not just uh, if we climb mountains or run marathons. It's how we think and how we connect with others and what we create. You know, th thinking about that. So, OK, so w we all have you know, days where we feel uh, a little bit more prepared for the, the day than others, right? And there's those those not so great days. Should we start, like I have, I have an emergency kit in case there's an earthquake or a disaster. Should we start having some sort of like our own like, you know, emergency kit in our minds for dealing with, you know, those 90 second issues of, you know, depression or <laughs> anger or whatever it is? <laughs> And how do we how do we put something like that together for like, uh, you know, prep for these bad moods or low energy times? Well, we know in the marketplace, things are going to be up and down, right? Even when they're going great for us business wise, we need to be aware that there will be shifts and changes. So absolutely, I think we need a, a bounce back kit is what I call it. And I think about this, we have the water and the canned food and all of this in my kit and in the garage in case there's a natural disaster. I have one 
that builds resilience for me right now so that when things go haywire during the day or with the company that I have a place to turn to and I can pull from these skills. One of the things is what I was talking about, about emotion regulation is um, identifying the emotion and working with it, using it. You know, I also talk about the value of being agile. And this last year, the last couple of years, agility is, I've read somewhere that it's now like the most sought after quality in employees by business owners, Mm. because guess what? The world has changed and it's going to change again. I hope this is the hardest thing we've ever gone through or will ever go through, but it's probably unlikely. We're going to have more challenges. So are you a person that can... Not think in terms of black and white, but think of in terms of how can I adjust this? What can I do today to make this a little bit better? I think optimism is a part of that. Optimism isn't believing that everything's grand. It's recognizing that things are tough, but we have an opportunity to improve them in some small way, that we can make a difference. And those things are all part. I also wrote in the book, I think you need to have a good mac and cheese right because, <laughs> dang it, sometimes... Sometimes I just need macaroni and cheese. That's the only thing, like your chocolate bar. But yes, I think we need to spend some time thinking about where we get our motivation and what keeps us going during the hard times. And that can be a coworker that we trust, a family member, somebody we can go to, a mentor. And it can be also tapping into our mental and emotional reserves to manage those feelings before they become bigger than they You know, I actually highlighted a quote from your book about optimism. And I wanted to share that before we go to break here. Optimism isn't about being, uh, sorry. optimism isn't about positive thinking. It doesn't require you to suppress the bad feelings, gloss over the hard stuff. It isn't even about abandoning your pessimistic tendencies. We all have some. I, I love that. <laughs> it's like yeah. I've talked to so many yeah. people about yeah. being an optimist or, oh, maybe look at it on the, you know, this way instead or kind of, you know, bring things to the bright side. And it's, it's I love this quote and I'm going to use it uh, plenty, plenty of times <laughs> in my business life because yeah. I feel like that that really uh, hits home for me. Uh, like I mentioned, we'll take a short break here. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Polly. And we're back. We are talking to Polly Campbell, author of You Recharged. And Polly, before break, we were talking about being agile. And, you know, I use a term being nimble. And that's kind of something that pretty much means the same thing. And and part of being nimble to me in in the sense of business is that you kind of have to have your backup plans and contingency plans and kind of have them ready to go. And And I think the comfort level I have in having those plans ready to go in case, you know, tragedy or pandemic or, you know, certain things happen in the marketplace. I think it's just always helpful for business owners to have those contingencies in place. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's always um, good to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. And I think even within those plans, it's important to recognize that we might have to shift again and again and again. I don't think it's some failure if our plans need to be tossed out the window. 
conditions are changing all the time. One of the things that I think a lot about and, and talk about is that change isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's an opportunity. It's how we respond to change that usually throws us. We worry when a new worker comes in or a new supervisor comes in or the market changes or whatever it is, when in reality, the change often leads to positive outcomes or positive opportunities. So have your contingency plans, yes, and be willing to adapt them again if you get a better option. But then you don't have to worry because you have something to fall back on. And I think it's it, that gives me a lot of peace of mind. Um, when during COVID, I, I did a lot of magazine writing and a lot of those magazines weren't taking uh, that kind of work anymore during that phase, or they shut down or they had staffing issues. So they gave the work to their own people. And that was fine. I started uh, working more on my podcast and doing some other projects for corporate clients and doing some other things that have led to some really neat opportunities. It wasn't my first plan. It wasn't where I intended to go that year. I also ended up writing a book that year. So it the ability to adapt and change without judgment I think is really the key. You have to be ready to launch yourself in, into the next flow, whatever it is, and recognize there will be benefits to doing that too. You know, um, thinking about that and thinking about like just hearing about all of the different things that you did and thinking about all of the, you know, not just, okay, you've got the book, you've got the podcast, you've got the article, you've got these magazines. You're doing all of these different things, right? All of us as entrepreneurs have to do so many different things. Um, one of the books I read during, uh, the, you know, like the pandemic time was uh, the, the Mark Manson book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, I Won't Say, so that we can keep the, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that book because there are so many things out there that we don't have control of, that we don't, you know, that we can't really care about. We just have to let happen. As a business owner, we can literally stress about everything from, you know, taxes to invoices to customers to whatever's going to happen tomorrow on our schedule, or are we going to get a cancellation? Or are we going to get the sale? All of these different things. How do we pick and choose the things that we should care about versus not care about in running your business? Well, mostly I think you shouldn't care that much about any of it. I think you should be interested. I think you should be curious. I think you should be dedicated. If you're running a business, it's going to require all that. But when we hang too tight and begin striving, I think we limit ourselves and our opportunity and it, we, we clutch and, and we become too tight. It, it's constrictive and it wears us out physically and emotionally. That's the opposite of recharging. That leads us toward burnout, right? So I think it's important to evaluate your goals. It's important to look at your daily schedule, your weekly schedule and boil it down to the essentials. My to-do list used to be massive. And I would finish a day and I might get three of the things done, but I'd look and say 20 more things on the list and I'd be hard on myself. You know, I'm like, man, what, how am I going to get anything accomplished if I can't even get through this? Well, that's not realistic. What is realistic is that each day there's probably one or two or three essential things that have to be done. Paying people, right? Or calling somebody back or showing up at the meeting when, when I said I would be there. Or those things are essentials, but there's not time a day. And so I put the essentials at the top of my list. I go to them first. And when they're done, 
I'm done. Now, I'll fill in the blanks with the other things I can do. I'll start thinking ahead about the next thing. But what it has done is it's helped me stay focused on the things that are most essential and move the business forward and move me forward. And what I often find is when I take care of those essentials, the other things aren't that important anyhow. Right. They really yeah. aren't. Yeah. It boils it down for me and helps yeah. me focus. Now, you mentioned burnout and you know, I think that all three of us probably have dealt with some type of burnout, both, you know, at work and in our lives. But from a work point of view, I remember, you know, when I had my golf business and I was just building clubs every single day, I was custom fitting people, building them. And at some point, I I, I think I remember actually the gentleman that walked in and he was like, you didn't fix my swing with the golf clubs. <laughs> no, but I, I built a set of clubs that fit your swing. <laughs> Anyway, so what I did, and and you talk a little bit about, you know, you need to bring something fun kind of into your life to get you out of that, you know, reignite that spark. So what we did is we, we started a radio show about golf, and that really got me excited about golf again, talking about all the different aspects. I wasn't just in the grind of building clubs for people and listening to them not, you know, hitting the ball better. Anyway. I'm curious, like, what have the two of you done to kind of bring the fun back into uh, into work whenever you've hit that lull? Well, I had to bring some creative energy back, right? I love to write, and all of a sudden I was hating to do the writing, and it really was stressful. It really concerned me, like, what do I do if I don't have this? What I realized is... I just became too familiar at what I was doing. There's all sorts of things I can write. So one of the things I did was start learning about a podcast. I think you have to examine your excuses. And one of my excuses had always been, well, I'd like to do a podcast, but I don't have time. I don't know how. I don't have money. I don't. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm not even wanting to go to work and I need to inject some creative energy I'm going to learn how to do a podcast. And I did. I took an online course. I started talking to people. And just like you in the golf show, I began looking at writing differently. There are all sorts of ways to write. And I don't have to do it the same way for the same people time after time. And when I reconnected with that, I got super excited about it again. And and that energy then we carry into everything else we do, right? We, we carry into the connections we make, the magazine articles I'm writing, the book and all those things. And so that's how I did it was drop this image of perfection and break up your excuses. And my commitment to my podcast was to do four shows and to get them on the air within 30 days, because otherwise I knew I was going to over edit myself and sit there and get locked in. And I did it. And after that, I got real serious and I've been doing it three years since. And, and I love it. It, it fills me talking to people like you fills me with that kind of energy that carries into my other projects. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've got to agree. I mean, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> my story uh, that I was thinking of, like, you know, when Greg asked the question is almost, the same story. I mean, that familiarity with certain things in your business, it's that saying of familiarity breeds contempt, right? Those things that you have to do on a regular basis, just over and over and over. So this will be no shock to you, Greg, but what I do when I need a jump start is I automate. (laughs) 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 We just did this automation, uh, was it automation sensation show? You should check that one out because I talked a lot in that one. Uh, You can tell I'm fired up about this, but basically the reason why, one of the reasons why I automate, and I don't think I said that in that show, 
was to give myself a jump start. I want to automate the boring out of the jobs or the 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 assembly line stuff that can just be done. I, I oh I can create a computer program that'll run this or I can you know use Zapier or use something out there that's already existing to do this part of my job so that I can focus on the fun so that I can focus on something that's actually going to build the business that's going to grow the business instead of doing the the boring stuff so a lot of the times I, I know you're not surprised Greg it's automation for me is my jump start no kidding really <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what's going to jumpstart me after this show is is uh, I think Polly mentioned mac and cheese earlier. Ah, uh, right. Uh, Panera, Panera yeah. is not one of our sponsors, but they just brought back the <laughs> mac and cheese sandwich. Which, oh, jeez. Oh, oh my gosh, delicious, delicious. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, now now all we want to do is just end the show so we can go get. <laughs> I know. Gotta go. Thanks, guys. Polly, is there there? What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, food is a motivator, right? And I, I've always, I've always thought about that. But you know, the the thing is, the other motivators, like, and it sounds weird, but from a health perspective, like water, water is a huge. Like, if I'm like feeling low energy, you know, after one of those Zoom meetings, Greg. Um, <laughs> That you're reading Polly's book at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I if drinking some water like really helps out, and taking a walk, you know, just going outside and getting the uh, the the sunshine on me, walking around a little bit, I feel so much better. And it's like we don't have to feel bad for like leaving for forty five minutes to go for a walk, because when you come back, your next forty five minutes are going to probably be way more productive than if you would have just stuck in the office for that hour and a half. So I think that's another part of the whole reward thing and what you need to do to help uh, recharge. Well, I think you need to be fair to yourself. When we were talking about holistic vitality, when Greg brought that up, you know, you have nothing if your body's not mm -hmm. functioning. You need to sleep. You need to nourish it with the right kind of food, with plenty of water. You also need to nourish your thoughts, yeah. your head, your brain with the right kind of feelings and the right kind of thoughts. And if you're, you know, a lot of writing happens while I'm driving someplace or I'm walking around the neighborhood or whatever it is because my mind is yeah. going, but I'm out and moving my body. So it, it does require a holistic approach. And I think we need to get over this idea that, that's not a part of work because what else is a part of our, how are you going to build your business if you are not healthy enough to get there mm -hmm. in the morning or do whatever it is. And we know that creativity and innovation comes from taking a hot shower, from walking around the neighborhood. We know research tells us that exercise creates those neural pathways and that health and that energy that allows us to go out. It releases dopamine, which is the, the source of our motivation. Take care of yourself, what you put in your body, what you put in your brain. That is what we can control. And, uh, you know, most business people, most business owners I know, they started because they were passionate and then they wore themselves out. So make sure you're replenishing that. That is part of being a responsible business owner, I think. Polly, you are amazing. Every time you come on the show and we talk, I am I, I just want to get back to work. I want I'm just I have so much energy. I'm excited. Let's go. Like, you are my you are my hype man. I mean, truly, I gotta bring you everywhere. So thank you. 
very much. That's good. I'll go. I'll see you at Panera, though, for that sandwich. <laughs> I can do that. Now, listen, I think this is fun stuff, and I think you're right. There's so much we can control, cannot control, but what we can control is how we respond to these things. We're in charge of that. I believe it. This is the stuff I use, and, and it's uh, it's helped me a whole lot. So. Well, thank you very much. Tell everybody about your book again, how they can uh, get it, and your podcast. You recharged it. Good bookstores everywhere, and it's got a fancy cover. You recharged how to beat fatigue mostly, amp up your energy usually, and enjoy life again always. And you can find me at www.pollycampbell.com and all social media. So track me down. All right. And we'll put some links in the description to your website and to your book. Thank you so much for joining us again, Polly. It's a pleasure. Thanks well, for Well, you know we're going to ask you to come back again at some point here, right? Yeah. I'm here. Anytime. You got this call. I'm here. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing DIY for Business, a part of the Electrocast network of podcasts. The subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you may want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I want your company to succeed, and we are happy to take your questions. We would also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If there's an area where you need solid business advice or help, let us know. We might be able to build an entire episode around it and get your questions answered. You can reach out to us by sending us a direct message on Twitter or visiting us on our website at diyforbusinesspodcast.com. Both of those are linked in the podcast description. Also, we love talking to business owners. If you would like to join us in a future episode, please do reach out on our website or Twitter. We thank you for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone.